Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Let's Talk Jets Radio. Everybody and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Jets Radio. This is one of your hosts, Tyson Rauch, and I'd like to say what a difference a week makes, but there is no difference. This is the same New York Jets team, the same lousy, abysmal, pathetic, ridiculous, awful performance from the entire organization, from top to bottom. But before we go into the pathetic state that is the New York Jets and the awful coaching and horrific quarterback play, and the awful uh, – I'm not going to get into this. Let me introduce my – the man of the people, the man that actually came out to MetLife Stadium and shared his hugs with the people, Joe from Long Beach. Hey, what's going on, Ty? Man, let me tell you something. If you thought it was bad to watch anywhere else, it was terrible to watch in the stadium. And we're going to get into that. But listen, I'm the man of the people. I am here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote our Facebook page. Everyone, go on Facebook. Search Long Beach Joe, okay? Like that page. Our content's up there. Give it a listen, man. Go ahead and message us. We'll message you right back. We love going back and forth with people, you know, about the Jets on there. Also, leave us some feedback. We'd like to hear about what you guys think about the show, man. So, without further ado, Ty, I'm so fired up, man. Let's get into the show. And once again, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn.com. You know, obviously we're on Twitter, at TalkJetsRadio. We're on Instagram. And Joe and I and Kevin cannot thank everybody enough for all of the listens and support and feedback. We're, we're breaking show records almost on a weekly basis right now, so we can't thank everybody enough. Um, but before we go into talking some football, we want to go into something even more important, and that is, you know, October 1st, Breast Cancer Awareness Month kicked off, and it, it's a very, very important month to raise awareness, to raise money, and, and to do a lot of great things for a very ter- to, against a very terrible disease. As you guys know by now, 
Joe, I, and Kevin, we're all trying to raise money. If you go on to our Twitter account, we pinned a tweet where you can donate money. Um, I'm doing a walk October 16th. Joe's going to be doing a walk. And any dollar counts, $5, $1, $10, we don't care. And if you can't, if you can't donate money, donate time. You know, attend yeah. the walk or promote the walk. You know, take that walk and put it on your Facebook page. Everybody uses social media. Just raise awareness. Every little thing helps. Everything counts. So like I said, if you can't donate money, donate time. Take two seconds and just promote things on your social media. Tell a friend. Tell your family. Tell whoever. So as we kick off this month, we're trying to do our best to help everybody raise awareness. We have a very special guest joining us, and that's Amanda Barrett, who's actually a cancer survivor who has a very uh, just a great story to tell about her recovery and her determination. So, Amanda, this is Joe and Tyson. How are you doing tonight? Good, thanks, guys. How are you? Well, Amanda, first of all, thank you for joining us on a, a Tuesday night when a lot of angry Jet fans want to call and yell about football. <laughs> <laughs> well, they'll just have to wait a few minutes, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't doubt. So, 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 Amanda, um, can you share with us your story a little bit? I, you know, I read, I read your story, and it's just, it's just fascinating, like how you found out and how you beat it. So, can you share that with our listeners, please? Yeah, sure, no problem. Um, I was only 29 years old, and you know, I had found a lump on my own. Um, of course, I was too young for mammograms or any sort of screening. There was at the time no family history. Um, when I was 16, I had a lump, and um, it turned out to be nothing. So, you know, when I found it, I really didn't think anything of it. I actually had just um, started a new job at the time, and, you know, I, you don't want to call out already, you know, your first few days. So I had a friend um, encourage me to call. My son was three years old at the time. And um, so I did, and, you know, I went to my first doctor who said, no, oh, maybe I should get a mammogram. So I went actually to an imaging center, and they told me I was too young. So they ended up doing an ultrasound, and it was a scary day because I could tell by the, the, you know, the radiologist's face that something wasn't right. And, uh, you know, he recommended me to go to, to see a surgeon to have it removed. And, you know, I'll never forget that day after my surgery that I got the call from the from the surgeon who did the surgery. And, um, you know, she said, come in, come in, we'll talk. And I didn't think anything of it. And then the same co-worker said, you know, did they want anyone to go with you? And I'm like, ah, I don't know. I was still in denial, you know. So um, I called back, and they're like, yeah, some extra ears may be good. And, you know, sure enough, uh, my breast surgeon said to me that I had cancer. So, you know, crazy thoughts went through my head. And, um, you know, we, we went a little further. I was diagnosed with uh, stage one cancer, breast cancer. And, um, uh, you know, I went through the treatment. I went through chemo and radiation. And, um, you know, after the fact, I found out I was um, a carrier of the gene mutation. So there was some family history there that we didn't even know about. And, you know, I, I took all the, the necessary precautions to hopefully get it out of my life forever. And, uh, you know, here I am today. No, I, which, is, which is awesome that you're here today. And it's just awesome that you were able to, to beat it. Now, what were some of the biggest challenges as you went through your treatment? It, was it just the... The physical drain, does your mind play tricks on you? How does that work just when you're, when you're trying to just, just to, you know, persevere through that? You know, it's funny because um, a friend of mine had just asked me that question recently who um, was recently diagnosed herself, but um, you just you kind of don't think about it. You know, you know, everyone goes through their own cancer journey and everyone reacts differently. But for me, you know, like I said, my son was three years old. I knew I didn't want him to see me um, – 
you know, down. I wanted to remain strong for him. So I kind of just put my mind to it and, and did what I had to do. And, you know, I remained working. Um, I, I cut down on some hours because the weekends were rough after my treatments. I would be in bed for most of the weekend. But, um, you know, I had the support of my family and my friends more than I ever so imagined, actually. And, um, you know, I, I got through it. And I found so I was still going through treatment, and, you know, you were talking about the Making Strides walks. So I found therapy in that walk, my first walk. I was still bald from my treatment, and, um, you know, I walked where our Strides walk locally is on a boardwalk. You know, I remember it was a very sunny, warm day, and my mother was yelling at me that I was going to get sunburn on my bald head. But I just felt so inspired and so supported by all these other cancer survivors. So it was like at that point I saw all this survivorship out there that I knew everything was going to be okay. Amanda, I want to welcome you to the show. My name is Joe, and it is just so inspiring to hear your story. You're just such a fighter, and I just, I just want to thank you so much for coming on. And my first question for you is: you kind of, you talked about your son, and you wanting to be strong for him, and your family, you know, also went through it with you. Can you kind of go into detail how your family handled the situation with you? Did they kind of sit down with you and comfort you, and just make sure they were surround you 100% and let you know they were behind you 100% as well? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, my mom came with me to every single test and every single treatment. Um, my husband, you know, he, he picked up the slack uh, with with keeping up with the, you know, the housework and stuff like that. Um, actually, I remember my, my husband and my son, when my hair started falling out, we all sat down and shaved our heads together. So that mm. definitely, you know, is it doesn't sound like support, but it is emotionally. Um, you know, and I had friends stopping by and seeing if they could help and bringing over food and stuff like that. And that's huge, just having people behind you and, like you said, showing support with your, you know, your family shaving their head as well. That's gigantic when you're going through things like this. But what role did the American Cancer Society play in your life as well at that time? Well, like I said, um, it was the Making Strides Walk, which is American Cancer Society Making Strides Against Breast Cancer. Um, I just formed relationships with the staff through that event. Um, you know, I was in the middle of my fight when I got involved, so I had a lot of people willing to support me with donations for my team. My team was called Save Second Base. And, um, you know, so a lot of the staff reached out to me. They wanted to learn more about my story, and I just, you know, developed relationships with a lot of those staff members that were so supportive just on a personal level. And um, funny enough, I'm actually a staff person myself because I was so touched by everything the organization did for me through my through my fight. You know, they offer free wigs, and they have um, a Nas- National Cancer Information Center that just offers information and support 24-7. And I just wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to give back, and I wanted to have an opportunity to help survivors that I speak with every day in in supporting them the way I was supported. Once again, we're speaking with Amanda Barrett, who is very kind to share some time with us tonight to talk about breast cancer and Breast Cancer Awareness Month and things like that. Amanda, do you have a message for other survivors or for people that are just wondering about this disease and how they can help out? Yeah, um, for other survivors, I mean, um, there's there's so much support out there. There's so much, so many resources. Like I said in the beginning, there's everyone's journey is different. And you know, where I found my strength through event from through the event and through the support with making strides and my friends, 
you know, maybe they, they want to talk to somebody. You know, there's, there's support out there, um, that National Cancer, Cancer Information Center that I spoke about. You know, we can connect people with other breast cancer survivors. But mostly, you know, stay positive, stay strong. Um, you know, know your body, be your own advocate, and, you know, why we're doing what we do and the fight and raising the money and holding events like Making Strides. It, you know, it all is to hopefully put an end to this terrible disease. Yeah, no doubt. And like, you know, my mother actually had breast cancer and she beat it twice. So oh, wow. yeah, it's Good like, her. it's funny. Yeah, it, it, it was just <laughs> like, I I can correlate to everything you were saying, as you were saying, just like when she did a walk or when, you know, when something happened, she got, she like just embraced it. It kind of inspired her more to see, be around other survivors and just share the message. It, it's like I can relate with what you were saying there. Um, to try to change the topic a little bit, I mean, the, you're a Jets fan as well, we hear. Rumor has it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, I like football. I, I don't know if I would ever use the word, you know, diehard fan, but, you know, I do I do enjoy a good football game. Hey, well, if you're looking for good football, <laughs> you may want to look somewhere else. The Jets aren't better than that, but do, 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 you, do you have any thoughts on, on their slow start this season, how poorly they're playing? Um, you know, it, it's up and down a little bit, but you know, maybe if uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick lets that beard get a little longer, we'll uh, we'll be in good shape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, Amanda, I hear you. He, he's definitely got to start playing better, so that beard's definitely got to get a little bit longer or something. Who's your favorite player on this team right now? Well, you know, I. The the girl part of me wants to say Eric Decker. You know, he's pretty easy on the eyes. So, <laughs> for all my sisters out there, I'm sure they'll agree. Yeah, no doubt. Well, Amanda, man, man, first of all, we want to thank you so much for joining us tonight and for sharing your story. And is there anywhere people can follow you or help support your team? Um, my team locally is um, the Point Pleasant Beach Making Strides Against Breast Cancer Walk. Um, and, of course, it's called Save Second Base Amanda's Team. So I would love support out there for sure because, you know, like I said, even though I do work now for American Cancer Society, I do still do my own fundraising because, um, you know, I know how much we help people. Awesome. Well, I will actually see you there because I'm actually from the area. So I will see you there in Point Pleasant. And we will Fantastic. share all your information. Yeah, it's great. So, first of all, congratulations on beating this terrible disease, and thank you for sharing your inspiring story. We definitely appreciate it. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Have a great night. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. And once again, guys, it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, but just take a, take time. We tend to tweet on our, on our uh, Twitter account about how we're raising money. I'm doing a walk in Point Pleasant, New Jersey, but Joe's doing one in California. But just take time. Take time. Five dollars, ten dollars, one dollar. We do not care. Don't uh, don't want to donate time or donate money. That's fine. Donate time. Take five minutes yeah. and post an article on your Facebook page. Tweet it out. Share it. Just do something to make a difference. It's very easy to sit here and spend a hundred dollars on a jet ticket and watch terrible football. Take take five at a hundred dollars and put it towards a good cause. Make a difference. You know that's the one thing. It's like we love talking football and ripping this terrible team. But at the same time, Joe, this is ten times, ten thousand times more important. Exactly, we talk about it all the time. You know, we sit here and we love to talk football. We love the team, but you know, you got to do something in real life too. You know, you got to do something to touch your community. Everyone, makingstrideswalk.org. 
go over there. Sign up for a walk if you can. You know, if you if you can't sign up for a walk, you know, donate. Like you, like Tyson said, you know, five dollars, ten dollars, anything you can. Donate your time. Be a volunteer. There's also clothing on there as well, shirts, hoodies, all types of things. You know, buy a shirt, buy a hoodie. Help support fighting breast cancer. Go to our Facebook page. The link is up there as well. Donate to our teams. As you said, he's doing a walk out there in Point Pleasant. I'm doing a walk here in California on the 29th. Come on. Get involved. Support, support, support. Donate any way that you can, guys. Get involved. Yeah, if you could spend $11 on a terrible beer at MetLife, or you could spend $30 on parking, or you could spend $120 mm-hmm. on a player that's not going to be here next year, take $5 <laughs> and put it towards the cause. Or if you have time to retweet it, before you retweet, throw $5 in. Seriously. I mean, like yeah. I said, this is near and dear to both our hearts. Both our families have been impacted by this terrible disease. So just you know, do what you can. You know, and everybody does it. We truly do appreciate it. Um, if we ever see you, we will thank you. We will buy you a drink, whatever it is. But we definitely appreciate it. So, Joe, yeah. before, we, before we go into this disaster of a dumpster fire of a team, I'm going to play a song for us. I think we need to start this to show off in the right way because, you know, it's just I think it would be appropriate. I mean, what do you think? Absolutely. Let's, let's hear the song. This, this may be Primetime's best song he's ever done. I'm going down with the ship. I am going down in a boat with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Joe, the New York Jets, the New York Jets are a bad team. Good teams find a way a way, a way to win, and bad teams become the New York Jets. This organization, from top to bottom, is a clown show. We've hit that in week five. We're going into week five, one and three, with no identity on offense, no identity on defense, and a coach that is lost in space, a general manager that doesn't know how to help him, and all we have is Brandon Marshall telling us how he's going down with the ship. Not how he's writing the ship. Not how he's going to plug the holes in the ship. He's just going to go down with it. Basically just giving up. Giving up the same way Darrell Revis is giving up because he lost this fight. Darrell, Darrell Revis is just done. He, he has no fight left. Almost like our defensive line has no fight left. Because our defensive line, for all the millions of dollars they're making, they're not doing anything. Every once in a while, somebody will flash and make a play. They'll do their dance and then realize they're losing by 14 points. But that's another thing. Uh, meanwhile, Calvin Pryor is just getting dusted up and down the field. And, and Gilchrist, anybody see him? Whatever happened to him? Did he forget how to cover? Who is that guy? And then, and then, of course, we got Brian Winters. That's a legendary thing. But let's get a personal foul and get a concussion at the same time. But then let's, we can top that, Joe, by calling two timeouts in one minute. Clock management, maybe? <laughs> this team, but it gets even better. Because you can say, hey, you know what? If Patrick goes down, we could bring in our young guy. Oh, our second-round pick? Oh, he's not ready to play this year. I know everybody else can play. Dak Prescott, Paxton Lynch, you, Nick Carson Wentz. All these guys can play, not our guy. No, 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 no. Christian Hackenberg, maybe next year. We'll see him in two years. 
So our quarterback next year will not be Fitzpatrick. It won't be Geno Smith. We don't even know who that guy is. So, Joe, you tell me, where do we stand right now? This team is a bona fide dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. A- absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's just the way that we're playing out on that field is so ridiculous. It's crazy to hear Brandon Marshall say, I'm going down. I'm going down in this boat. I'm going down the ship, and I'm going down with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Well, you're kind of forced to because this is a guy that you were lobbying for all offseason. This is a guy that you said, we're so in love with it. It's crazy because this is the same guy that cannot get you the ball. <laughs> this, this, this guy is absolutely terrible. And guess what? I got to watch him live. And, and I'll, I'll talk about, you know, my experiences at the stadium in just a little bit. You know, I, I want to thank everybody in L7, but I'll go into that a little bit later. I want to start with Fitz, man. Listen, last week I came on the show and I said, I told you all. I told you all. This week it's I warned you all. I warned you all about this dude, man. I absolutely did. And everyone kept coming up to me when he got resigned and and tweeting me and saying, what about Fitz is back, Joe? We got magic. Magic is back. You know what the problem with magic is? It's not real. It's an illusion. And everything about him is an illusion as well. Because all those, all those games he played last year, all those numbers he put up, he wasn't top ten in anything. Everybody keeps acting like, oh, he, he did all these things. He had 31 touchdowns, blah, blah. He wasn't top ten in any of those things. But you know what he was top ten in? Interceptions. He threw 15 of them last year. He was ranked sixth in that. Okay, he's a veteran QB that's been in this system with Chan Gailey for how long now and seems to not know how to utilize any parts of this system. I watched him live from the stands, lock on to receivers, pre-snap, and force the ball there. Pre-snap, he was locked on the guys. In the first quarter, he locked on to Quincy Anuma, pre-snap, and determined he was going to throw the ball there and missed a totally wide-open Brandon Marshall breaking down the field for a touchdown. Didn't even look his way at all. This guy's supposed to be some type of genius, right? Went to an Ivy League school. He's smarter than everybody else. He does some of the dumbest things I've ever seen on a football field. Joe, but see, but Joe, but Joe, hold on. But Joe, but Joe, but hold on. But while you break this, but while you break this down, which you're doing, you're doing an excellent job. I'm looking forward to this. Just keep in mind. Just keep in mind what everybody ripped Mark Sanchez for, what everybody yep. ripped Geno Smith for. Let's be consistent, Jeff Van. So when you're listening to Joe just shred a veteran quarterback that's clueless, keep in mind all the bad things you say about Geno Smith. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I want to talk about there was a play that I watched from the stands, and I almost, oh, my God, I almost ripped the jersey off that I had on. Um, it was a Joe Namath throwback, by the way. Uh, so I'm watching the Seahawks. They bring three defensive linemen. We got, you know, five offensive linemen out there. So their three defensive linemen are rushing. We clearly have them blocked. This dude, Ryan Fitzpatrick, runs out of a clean pocket yep. where there's no one yep. near him and runs into a sack. Now, I'm not a genius. <laughs> I, that, that, I've never claimed to be a genius. But that is the most idiotic thing I've ever seen in my life. This dude is so erratic and so volatile out there. He'll run into a sack. He's so scared. It's ridiculous, but I want to talk about one of the dumbest plays that I saw that day, and there was a lot of them from him, but the dumbest one was the interception to Richard Sherman. Now, oh. before the interception, he actually t- – first off, who in their right mind is going to consistently test Richard Sherman? 
This guy is the best corner in the league right now, okay? There's better quarterbacks than Ryan Fitzpatrick that have the IQ, okay, that didn't go to an Ivy League school, but they have the IQ, and they say, hey, guess what? I'm going to stay away from this guy because he's that good, okay? I'm going to go elsewhere. I'm going to find other receivers on the field. No, 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 not Ryan Fitzpatrick. Goes after him once, okay, gets the pass interference call, which was pass interference. So you would think, hey, all right, he got the call. He's going to find somebody else. Comes back the next play, predetermines before the play that he's going to throw to Brandon Marshall. Locked on. I watched him lock on to Brandon Marshall and launch the ball up there. How easy is it as a DB or as a safety to watch a quarterback lock on to a receiver and literally not go anywhere else? It was so easy for the Seahawks defense because all they had to do was watch his eyes. This is a veteran quarterback that should know that right about now in his career. You manipulate the defense with your eyes. If you look away, they'll, they'll go somewhere else. He's not doing any of those things. Anything that a veteran Joe, quarterback is supposed to do, he's not doing. And you're throwing interceptions into the teeth of the best player on the defense? That's idiotic. That's just dumb. So here's the problem. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a deer in headlights now. He yeah. is shaken not stirred, and he is a mess because he is scared to throw the ball, and then he gets a little bit of pressure, like you mentioned, not enough to warrant running, but he ran for God knows what reason, and he doesn't have the arm strength to make the throws that he's trying to make, first of all. Never. I mean, I'm so – Robbie Anderson on this team right now, like Devin Smith was last year, is a waste of time because Ryan Fitzpatrick cannot reach him. How many times are we going to see a receiver break free and he either underthrows them or doesn't even complete the pass. These guys are open. There's receivers open all over the field. He can't reach them, or like you said, he's staring at them. And here's where we are at Ryan Fitzpatrick. Every time he drops back to pass, you hold your breath. Like, what is he going to do now? Not one ounce of confidence in Ryan Fitzpatrick whatsoever because he is just inconsistent, he's erratic, and now he's just excessively turtle-prone. And the other yeah. problem is, in a big spot, Joe, He's going to choke. Fourth quarter, Buffalo last year, he choked. I don't care. This is, this is about resume. This isn't about, well, last year he broke every record. I don't care about your records anymore. The record I care about is one and three, and that's a problem. And the other record is in the fourth quarter, what is he doing? He's choking. He's playing with no confidence. He's playing with no arm, and he's playing with no talent at this point. It's a, it is a sinking ship, and he's leading it. But, Joe, while we're going to rip him, and he, he warrants it. He, it's just – the other thing I don't understand is Ryan Fitzpatrick still has some supporters. Most of them are in hiding, oh. but the few, that, the few that are out and about. <laughs> since, when, since when do we – we're now classifying interceptions, like a good one or a bad one. I have a newsflash for you. A turnover is a turnover. I don't care if it's your first one or your third one. Guess what? They're all bad. You're taking the ball out of the offense's hand, giving it to the other team. So stop yep. telling me the quality of turnover. There is no quality of turnover. When you ripped Geno Smith for endless times when he played about, well, this turnover and that turnover, we weren't classifying him. They were, oh, he's terrible quarterback. Ryan Fitzpatrick statistically is the worst quarterback in the NFL, and there's no disputing it. Every time he drops back, you hold your breath because you have no idea what he's going to do. It's going to be a sack, an errant throw, an interception, or maybe he'll complete it, but the guy won't be in stride. But, Joe, before we even rip him even more, somebody <laughs> please wake up Casey Rogers. 
get a get a little alarm clock and put it right next to his head and wake up Casey Rogers. Because clearly this team is not being coached. So no. we can blame Todd Bowles, but Todd Bowles is too busy wasting timeouts. So I'm gonna blame <laughs> Casey Rogers. Because that secondary is clueless. Overpaid and clueless. Like I said, Joe, Drew Rivas, he lost that fight. He's lost that tiger in him. That fire is no longer in him. I know he got hurt in the third quarter, wherever it was. Dude, he's not fighting anymore. He, he, he's a defeated player. Gilchrist and Pryor are lost in space. Gilchrist was the cover guy. He's not covered anymore. The, 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 nope. His secondary is a joke. The one play, that busted coverage where a guy went for 40 yards, there was three guys standing within two yards of each other. Three guys. They could, dude, they could have shook hands and did a little, little safety dance back there. There was nobody there but them. There's no Seahawks players there. Who is coaching these players? What, Joe, it's inexcusable. We, and, and the other thing is, too, if, if Jet fans, I know you like to drink. I like to drink. Listen, if you want to play a new drinking game when you're watching New York Jets, every time they blow a coverage, miscommunicate, like that, take a sip. By the second quarter, you'll be pissed drunk, Joe. <laughs> you you know what blows my mind is is, is the the scheme. Scheme doesn't make sense. You know, I, I look at the coaches, the good coaches around the NFL. You know, defensive coaches, different things like that. And I look at how they utilize the the weapons that they have defensively to stop things. And one of the first things they do is they identify the opposing offense's number one weapon, and they scheme to take that away. If you watch every single game that we've played. Every opposing offense's number one weapon has gone off. Against Cincinnati, A.J. Green went off. You know, against the Bills, Sammy Watkins was hurt. He was the decoy. So their number one weapon that game was Gilmore, 84-yard bomb. He goes off. The third game, KC, Kansas City, we walk in there, Travis Kelsey goes off. This game, Jimmy Graham goes off. How do we consistently allow these number one weapons, these guys that we identify – this is, this is their guy. This is the guy that they want to get the ball to. This is the guy that's the difference maker for them. How do we consistently allow these dudes to go off? This, it's just idiotic, and it's the scheme. Jimmy Graham was out there running and making plays outside of that one-handed catch where there was some close coverage. He should have been bracketed or doubled, and they, he should have never been even allowed to get the ball. That's one thing that Rex used to do here. If he identified that you had a number one guy, that guy was not getting the football. You are going to have to go other places to beat us. And this scheme sucks. Our defensive line. They can't stop a nosebleed. <laughs> they sure can. Our defensive line not getting any consistent pressure at all. Okay, I, I mean, this is ridiculous. You walk in here. But did you hold on. Off the line of the Seahawks. But you, go ahead. Hold on. But don't, don't, don't give anybody a pass here. See, tonight we are going to burn it. We are going to, we're going to burn every bridge tonight. Because this team, this team is complacent, and there's yep. not one ounce of accountability anywhere. Todd Bowles talks. And- Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Nobody's listening. All this veteran leadership, all this team chemistry, the only thing that's doing is selling candle soup. It ain't doing anything else because there's nothing no. going on. And the thing is, listen, I love Fender Williams. He has four sacks. He's, he's an emerging player. That defensive line is overrated to not playing as a yeah. unit. And listen, dude, we, we love Mo Wilkerson. What is he doing? And, and listen, you make a big play in the fourth quarter, great, Mo, you can dance. What about the first three quarters? What about the first quarter when you guys are getting embarrassed? Where is the pass rush? Where is Lorenzo Molden? Six snaps? Exactly. What are we doing? The best player on defense other than Leonard Williams is Darren Lee. Nobody else is doing anything. They're sleepwalking, Joe. You, but you see, the problem with it is, though, is that Lorenzo Molden coming into this year, we talked about, hey, he's supposed to be the guy that's supposed to be our pass rusher. He's the guy that's taking his next year. He's in his second year. He's going to really beast next year. So you know what they had him do? Gain weight. He hasn't looked the same since they had him do that. This nope. guy's out there. He looks slow. He looks lethargic. And he's even frustrated with his play. He's even frustrated with the way that they have him out there, the way that they're using him. And you see it. You see him struggling out there. You see him frustrated with himself. That's on Todd Bowles. That's on Casey Rogers. They asked him to do that. And look what he's doing. And if you keep hold on, if is, you keep singling up, if you keep singling I, I want to talk about the secondary. One second. If you keep singling up Calvin Pryor, who's a guy that clearly is struggling out here in coverage, he was getting ripped to shreds by Travis Kelsey last week. So now you're singling him up here with other guys, and he looks terrible in coverage still. You need to make an adjustment defensively to fit these guys and help some of these guys out or take them out of some of the positions that you see that they're failing in. You don't keep having Pryor out there in coverage. You give him some help. Do something else, but don't just stand there and watch it happen. Dude, and this is, but see, this is where accountability comes in, and this is where I question Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles is, is all win. He, he's all win. He talks. He, he's Herman Edwards Jr., but Herman Edwards actually, I think, actually made an impact on the field. Todd Bowles talks, and nobody listens. How many times are we going to see David Harris get dusted in coverage? Yep. Do we, have we not learned this lesson yet? Hey, listen, week one, okay, I get it. Week two, maybe. But this is week four. Seriously? Week four, same nonsense. And then you say Calvin Pryor is doing that. Why do you have Antonio Allen on the team? Where is Antonio huh. Allen? Why not make adjustments? And where is the accountability? Dude, all you see is mistakes and blown plays, and you see Todd Bowles on the sideline with his arms crossed, sitting there like, oh, I'm pissed off. Who cares, Todd? Make, do something. Actions, not words. Your defense. They can't stop a nosebleed. Is pathetic. <laughs> the most overrated group in the NFL. You know, what, you know what a real defense is? The Minnesota Vikings, the Denver Broncos. Yes. I'm actually yes. embarrassed to myself. I'm embarrassed, Joe, to even think that I thought that they were that good. This team is so overrated, they're complacent, beyond belief, and there's not one ounce of accountability. And if there is, Joe, tell me where it is. Tell, show me one player, if you've been embarrassed in three games, one player's been held accountable. Who is it? Not one, and especially not Ryan Fitzpatrick either. That, that's that's nope. what blows my mind is when you talk about accountability, for him to get up there and say, 
you know, I still am confident in Ryan as I was the first day when he started. How? How could you be? How could you stand in front of that locker room and tell them that you're going to hold them accountable if they don't do things correctly, you're going to make changes, and you're still talking about starting Ryan Fitzpatrick at this point? This dude has thrown 10 picks in two weeks. That is ridiculous. That There's no accountability here. None at all. You can just but you can play terribly. It's just even wait. But dude, even wait. I, I'll even break this out for you because I, I just I'm so disgusted with the way he handles this. We even even her networks. Hello, you play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. Todd Bowles, instead of trying to be everybody's best friend and protect his veterans, you put this locker room on notice. You don't just say yep. everything's fine. Ryan's my guy. No, no, no. You say, listen. You know what? He better perform or he's going to be benched. Period. Not well. Changes may happen. Things may happen. Your team is one and three. You're a loss. You're an embarrassing loss away from having a wasted season. You go one and four. You lose to the Steelers. You've lost three AFC games against three teams you're probably competing against for that P word that we don't even want to mention. <laughs> one and four. Your season is in disarray. Complete disarray. So it's just a sense of urgency, Joe. Listen, cursing last week in your press conference means nothing. You, you put Ryan Fitzpatrick on notice. This yep. play is unacceptable. I don't care if you're Brandon Marshall's best friend. I don't care if you're Eric Decker's best friend. I don't care if you have lunch with Nick Mangold. I do not care. I will bench your ass because our season is being wasted. A win-now team is being wasted. Joe, I, I think his approach is terrible. I think the, the mindset of this team where everything's like, it's okay. We're, we're only one and three. How is it only one and three? This season, dude, you're one loss away from being you, – you go one and four, Joe, you have to go to, what, nine and two to make the playoffs? Nine and yep. two. Like, do, you, do people understand? It's like this isn't acceptable. Throwing interceptions is not okay. Like, it's like these Fitzpatrick supporters, or better yet, the Geno haters who all of a sudden want Petty to play, with Gino's not even getting a shot, the same things you're ripping Gino for all this preseason is exactly what Ryan Fitzpatrick is doing now. Why don't you want him yep. benched? Because you're hypocrites. You're absolute hypocrites. He's staring at receivers. He's statistically the worst quarterback in football. He's got no clue. He's conservative, and then he gets reckless. There's nothing worse than a reckless quarterback, Joe. How are all these yep. rookie quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks, they're not even throwing interceptions? Ryan Fitzpatrick's handing him out like they're candy. Because, but this is who he was last year. <laughs> this is absolutely who he was last year. And that's why I said I did not want him back here. I want to go back to a point that you made where people would say, oh, we're just one and three. Don't, dude, we've lost. We're not going to win the division. Let's get serious here, okay? <laughs> and this is something I've told people before. While we're sitting here complaining about Ryan Fitzpatrick possibly not having enough weapons and all these things, the Patriots are out there winning with a second and third string quarterback. That, that's, just, that's just mind-boggling. We're not going to win the division. Now you look at our stance in the wild card because people want to keep talking about playoffs, playoff this and playoff that. We've lost the two friends playoff teams already. We've lost the two teams that we could have a battle with if we're even in that vicinity at all for a playoff berth anyway with KC and with Cincinnati. And we're going in to play the Steelers next week. We could, we, we're already in trouble, man. We're absolutely already in trouble. And it's just absolutely ridiculous the way that people continuously try to defend him and his play. 
It's atrocious. He's out there. He's erratic. Nothing he does make much sense. It's just absolutely ridiculous. I don't understand this, this war between fans where it's either you're Geno or it's either you're Fitz. No, you need to be a Jets fan, okay? Be a Jets fan. This guy sucks. He's playing terribly, and he's always played like this, except those teams weren't able to catch these interceptions. Those teams didn't have the talent to take advantage of opportunities that had been given to him. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. We're, we're, we're talking about the, the interceptions that he's thrown. What about the ones that he's thrown that haven't been caught? This guy could have thrown way more interceptions than he already has on the book. And, and the funny thing is, their talk, well, Todd Bowles' thing is, is chemistry and leadership. I have news for you, Todd. The defensive players, they're seeing this meltdown in the fourth quarter. They're seeing his interceptions. That little feisty old bearded guy everybody likes, that, that funny guy is gone. You know, at yep. the end of the day, they want to win. They want. They don't want a best friend. They want a leader that's going to win. If you keep throwing interceptions, or you're going three and out, or you're just, it's just irresponsible football, you lose your friends. You lose your leadership. You lose your chemistry. So Brandon Marshall, again, he can say all he wants about old players. I'm going down with the ship. I am going down in a boat with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And the other thing, too, is, you know what? I'd like to see Brandon Marshall hold his teammate accountable. I'd like to see mm. him hold Fitzpatrick accountable. Because you know what? He'd hold Geno Smith accountable. Oh, he shouldn't make those throws. I have news for you. Who's holding him accountable, dude? It's complacency. This entire team is complacent. And Todd Bowles is a bag of wind. Period. And it's just, we, we may make changes. When are you going to do it? When you're 1-4 and four, you get your doors blown off in Pittsburgh? Is that when it's going to happen? When your season's already out of control? It's inexcusable. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of lousy football, Joe. It's, you wait for it to happen. Like, you wait. Bad teams make bad mistakes. You wait for it. Yep. You know something's going to happen. From a dumb personal foul to a fumble to a turnover to wasting timeouts to, to poor game management. Whatever it is, this team is finding ways to just look worse each week. Yeah, and let's talk about Chan Gailey, because I'm not going to let him off the hook at all. Uh, His play calling is awful. His play calling is god-awful. It's vanilla. It's trash. Everyone knows what's going on out there. It's very easy to see what he's trying to do, and the red zone play calling is still terrible. It's absolutely terrible. I mean, what is going on out there? I, I just don't understand some of the play calls at all. And watching it live yet again, it's just so bad. It just makes no sense. Dude, can we can we even just ask? They they, they signed Safarian Jenkins, a tight end that can catch. You mean to tell me the dude can't run three routes and catch a football? No. Meanwhile, you call a play for a guy that you know can't catch. Seriously. In terms of roster management, <laughs> the Jets make mind-boggling decisions. You don't activate Jenkins because what? He, he, there's certain routes, Joe. You play football, dude. It's not hard yeah. to figure out. Seriously, no. You call a play for him. He runs it. He catches the football. You're throwing passes to guys you know you can't catch. You're forcing plays to guys you know you can't that can't catch. It's almost like having Antonio Allen and not playing him against a guy like Jimmy Graham that you know you know the ball's going to him. Roster management, game management, time management, effort preparation, all of it has to be questioned. And if you're not, you're just a homer. And Ryan Fitzpatrick is, it's just, he's going backwards. And if you don't hold him accountable, you're just a sucker. 
because we've seen this, and this season is going to spiral out of control. We've seen this show yeah. before, and I know some callers are going to call in, like our good friend Gangrene David. Well, the last time we were in the situation, the Pittsburgh Steelers came to MetLife and we beat them. Okay, fanboys, I hear your little sense of positivity. Here, here's a dose of reality for you. The game's not at MetLife. It's in Pittsburgh, a place the Jets play like garbage. And this yep. is the exact type of team, this is the exact type of team the New York Jets always melt down against. Physical, fast, strong, and well-coached. These are the exact type of teams that blow our doors off every year for as long as I watch this team. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then watching them, watching the way that they play, all the offensive weapons that they have, Dude, we better thank our lucky stars that Martavis Bryant got suspended this year because it would be we would get wiped off, just erased off the face of the earth. You're talking about Antonio Brown coming in, Coates coming in. They just got Le'Veon Bell back. I have Wheaton, who's a solid receiver. I, these guys are coming late. Ben with just an arm from wherever. I mean, they are coming in, and they are bombing. We watch, I watched them against KC. They went straight at Peters. Like, we don't care who you are, boy. We're going to test you. Our secondary is terrible and has played terrible up until now. You don't think they're going to come out bombing? They sure are, and defensively they can get after us too. Our offensive line played terrible against the Seahawks, holding penalties left and right. When it wasn't that, Ryan was getting sacked. There was guys in his face. This, it, we are, we're going to get crushed by the Steelers, okay, point blank period. I, 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 I want to get real is what I want to get. I want to finally get real with this team and people stop, you know, blowing smoke left and right. These guys are not playing well out there on the field, and it needs to be said. No, it, it starts with coaching, dude. It starts with coaching. Yep. And that's the other thing. And, and our caller, Chris, who's going to be on in a couple minutes, he said it. We, it's the coaching. Look at the level of coaching we're facing each week. Mm-hmm. And Todd Bowles is learning new lessons every week. He is getting smoked. And, and some of it seems obvious. Like, you know, like I said, dude, I, I'm a dumb football fan. I drink beer and I curse. I don't know anything. But the only thing I do know <laughs> is that Jimmy Graham's a pretty good tight end. Jimmy Graham's yep. probably going to get the football. Even my stupid yeah. ass realized that. How is he making plays all over the field? And to make it even worse, he's making plays in space. He's open. It's just, I mean, it's... He's wide open. It's just, I, I am just disgusted beyond belief, and I, I mean... You get nothing! You lose! Good day, sir! We're going to go to all our callers, and I mean, listen, please, I, I beg of you, please do not call in and try to defend Ryan Fitzpatrick. Do not call and defend him. And do, please, just don't do that. If you want to sell me on how the Jets are going to beat Pittsburgh, donate $10 to our breast cancer fund first because I'm not buying it. I mean, there's just no way. So we're just going to just this team. We're going to go to our good friend Kevin. I'm not even playing songs. I don't even feel like it. Kevin, this is Joe and Tyson. How you doing, man? Uh, I really wish I could say I was doing good. This is This is kind of difficult right now. To be honest with you, we've been going back and forth about, you know, who's not playing well and who's not coaching well and all of this. And and I'm just going to say this again because I've, I've been kind of. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. 
Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Saying it routinely for the past few months. This team isn't what it is that everybody's expected. Expectations is really what's causing us as many problems as what it is that we're having. You know, they're expecting Ryan Fitzpatrick to come back and he's going to be the, what makes us a win-now team. That's, that's not true. You know, we're two years away from being 4-12. and 12. How all of a sudden are we this win-now team because we've got, you know, a, a couple of players that have been added in a couple of spots. It, it, that wasn't where we were then. It's not where we are now. Uh, the coaching is, is new. The GM is new. And I, I don't want to, you know, say that Mac isn't, hasn't done a good job of putting players in place, but he hasn't had enough time to really rework this team the way that we need to be reworked if what they're going to do is say that we're a win-now team. We're not a win-now team. Well, uh, see, I disagree with you there. And I'll disagree with you mm-hmm. there. The minute, the minute Mike McHagan re-signed Ryan Fitzpatrick, he made this a win-now team. If he wasn't yep. going to do that, he would have went with he would have went with Gino and Bryce Petty and said, "Okay, we're going to go young." He didn't do that. He said, "I'm going to bring this guy." Okay, in so so believe we're going to win with it, If I if I can say that him signing Brian Fitzpatrick, what if that made us a win now team, or did that just give the impression that that is what it is that he wanted us to be? Because we're not a win now team. I don't care how it is that you slice it. We're not. We can't win the games that we need to win. So how do you become a win now team and you can't win the games that you need to win? Look, I, I think we, we're talking. We're, we're talking. We're talking philosophies here. Okay, we're talking philosophies. Okay, so the philosophy he, of a, he was just so. It's a one-year. He spent what fifteen million dollars on a one-year band-aid. If you're not a win-now team, so, why not just go with the young guys and do what you have? They're not that good. They're not that good. A win-now team has so to be able to justify being able to win. A win-now team has to be able to justify being able to win. So, again, you can say, oh, yeah, we're a win-now team because we've got these players, but these players aren't good enough to win on their own. They're not. We have too many holes. We have too many deficiencies in coaching. We have too many problems all together right now to be able to say that we're a win-now team. It's just, it's just not correct. Okay, so then if you look at the talent on the defensive line, is it overrated or overpaid? Hello? I think we may have lost them. Yeah, I think we lost Joe, them. Joe, I'll ask you that question then, man. Yeah. Our defensive line, are they overrated or overpaid? They're overrated. I definitely think they're overrated because when you look at, when you look at going into the Seahawks, into that game, this, this could arguably be, especially their right side, is one of the worst in the NFL. And for you to only get two sacks out of that with a hobbled Russell Wilson, that, that's, that's overrated. They should, be after, they should be absolutely be able to get after guys. It was the same thing in the Buffalo game, getting after Tyrod Taylor. You should af- absolutely be able to, to destroy these guys. Nobody should be able to you block them, especially with Todd Bowles, force-feeding these four-man fronts because he's playing this 4-3 to get all these guys on there. Where you got, you know, Muhammad Wilkerson and McClendon and Williams and Sheldon Richardson on the same line. That's just like no one should be able to block us, point blank, period. 
Dude, the thing is, when you, like, Kevin, Primetime Producer does game previews each week for NYJetsFans.com. We do our own preview. How many times are we going to face a banged-up offensive line? We say, listen, mm-hmm. our D-line should eat them up. We should get all kinds of pressure. We should dominate this game. And then come game day, there's Russell Wilson. Get all the time in the world just throwing the ball around. And, you know, yep. Tyrod Taylor, nothing happened to him. Alex Smith doing whatever the hell he wants. Nothing. Where is the dominant play? When are these guys yep. going to earn their paycheck? And if they're not, who's coaching them? Where is the problem yep. here? Like, what, yeah. I, every other team, and, the, and that goes both ways now. Look at the New England Patriots. We hate them, right? They're playing with Garoppolo and Brissett behind a makeshift offensive line. Makeshift. Guys are getting hurt every week. Our starters yep. are staying in. Our team has been healthy, and we can't block. Is that coaching or is it talent? And if it's talent, then why didn't Mike McCagnan address it? Exactly. Exactly, and that was one of the things that I was gonna I was gonna say before he before he left uh, was chiming in with the you know the spending the twelve million dollars on fifth. What ma- that did make us a win now team because you put us in a cap situation yep. where we're hurting going into next year. Uh, a lot of people, you know, and I, I want to talk about this in depth, but we'll talk about it as the season goes on later. This team could look significantly different because we gave Ryan Fitzpatrick that money. A lot of people want to bash Geno Smith. Hey, Geno was free, bro. <laughs> he could have came in here, played, and put up numbers as well because his skill set is better than Ryan Fitzpatrick, but we haven't gave him a chance to do that. And we never will because this year, after this year, he's going to be gone either way. So even if he starts to put up numbers, he's going to go somewhere else and put that up. But we could have taken that $12 million and addressed our offensive line, the offensive line that had issues yesterday. Because guess what? Pro Bowl Josh Sitton got released. That $12 million could have been spent to get with him. And if you wouldn't took Hack in the second round and you took Whitehead, like I said, like I said you should have, we could have an all-star offensive line right now. Because Whitehead's in Chicago balling out. They put that kid in every position because he's so good, and he's performed at every single position there. Now he's their starting center. It's just it's absolutely ridiculous to think that we had that cash and didn't use it on a, on a need. We just used it for some old quarterback to just mortgage the future of our team and speed up the process of the win now. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it's just – and we're going to go to callers, but, Joe, before we do that, you had the, the – opportunity oh. to come to the the beautiful MetLife Stadium with the overpriced <laughs> beers and the overpriced parking and the the uh, what what are your thoughts on this experience, listen, man? Listen, listen, listen. First off, before I I really get into this, I want to thank every single person that came up to me in L7 and spoke to me. Okay, I am a nobody. <laughs> I want to thank everyone that said anything to me about the show came up and discussed or debated about the Jets with me. I love that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Get my music. One, two, three. Give me the horn. Go. <laughs> Some of you guys actually came up to me singing that song as well. But I want to thank every single one of you guys, man, from the bottom of my heart. It meant the world to me, and I love absolutely debating with all the Jets fans out there. I want to salute Rob as well. He got married out there. Congratulations on your marriage, man. Best of luck to you and your wife. You guys are two absolutely great people. But let me tell you something about this stadium, okay? First off, to go there, and I understand that Woody has priced out a lot of the the actual fans, and some of them even have have to move up into the rafters or they're not even coming to the games anymore. But to go there and see how many Seahawks fans were there and 12th man flags were out there, and they were screaming, and it seemed like – 
you know, I, I flew to Jersey, but it seemed like I flew to Seattle because it, it was just I was just surrounded by Seahawks fans everywhere, and they were yelling every single time. I, I felt like I was at an away game, and part of that is on Woody Johnson for those PSLs and for pricing out a lot of the fans, and, and that, it hurt me so much to watch that. But the overall disrespect that's going on in there, let me explain to you why, because first off, while we were playing on the field, the Jets are playing on the field. We're getting our butts handed to us. I look up, and I see our Jumbotron, and they're playing the Patriots and Bills game while we're playing on the field. That's ridiculous. That should never, ever, ever Come on, man. That, that should never happen. You should – a division rival, let alone a, a, another team's game, but a division rival is playing on our Jumbotron, not one, but two, while we're on the field? That doesn't happen anywhere else. I've been to games where the Jets are playing on the field. We went to the Cowboys game. The, the main marketing strategy there is when we're on the field, that home team's on the field, the only two teams that exist are the home team and whoever they're playing. That's it. The rest of the NFL doesn't matter. But here at the Meadowlands, it's not that way. You can watch another game while we're on the field. You don't have to cheer for us at all. You can just watch the Jags, or you can just watch the Dolphins, or you can watch whatever. That doesn't make any kind of sense. And then the other things that they're out there doing, some of the things that we've stole from other fan bases, this winding horn, I get it. You guys are trying to pump up, you know, the fans. That winding horn stuff came from the Cardinals. They've been doing that for years. They pass out these towels to wave around. That's the Steelers stuff. Where's our traditional stuff? We have understand you pushed Fireman Ed out. Why, why is there no why is there no older historical Jets on that jumbotron that you're playing with that other team on there? Those division rivals that we got playing. Why aren't we having some of our old historical members of the Jets up there yelling "Jet up" or leading the Jets chant? Why isn't Joe Namath up there? Wayne Corbett, you know Kevin Mawai, Aaron Glenn, you know Victor Green, Marcus Coleman, any of these guys that have bled and, and, and sweat for this franchise to get better? Why aren't they up there during the game? Why are we watching, watching nonsense? Why are we taking from other fans, or other fan bases or other team stuff? We have our own traditions here. Why don't we appreciate that stuff? I just find it absolutely ridiculous the way that the, the experience, the in-game experience. And if anybody from Jet PR is listening to me, you guys are failing the fans by this in-game experience. You are absolutely failing the fans. And by failing the fans, you're failing the team. Because if you do not create an environment where fans feel like it's their stadium and any opposing team that comes there is going to have to deal with us, then every single game that you play during the season is going to seem like an away game. Every single one. I've been to multiple games, and that's exactly how I feel. I was there when we played the Texans. It felt like a Texan game. I was there when we played the Ravens. It felt like a Raven game. And I was there yesterday in the Seahawks, and it felt like a Seahawks game. You had the 12th man flag. Fans brought it out, and they were handing them over the banners. I hear you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, people. Thank you. I've just, I've had it. I've absolutely had it, and it doesn't make any sense to me that Chad Pennington, a, a, a Jet great, I didn't see this man's face until the half for two minutes as he talked about what the Jets had done during halftime and what they need to do coming back after halftime to make the team or make the game go their way and win. He should be on the screen way before that. Absolutely Joe, ridiculous. And I, I have to get that off my chest. Go ahead. Stronger, faster, oh, greener. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't, I don't, Dude, I'm that, that is the – and they can't figure out why they can't sell tickets. They can't figure it out. The, the home – the stadium experience is dreadful. 
The marketing team is dreadful. The PR team is dreadful. It's just they are so far removed from what the fans want, what the fans need. And then you watch the Minnesota game last night, and I'm like, damn, I wish that was our fan base. I wish that was our stadium. Or you watch Pittsburgh, or you watch Kansas City, or you watch Denver, or you watch any real football organization. I'm like, damn, I wish that was us. But guess what? (laughs) You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Good day, sir. I was was beside myself, man. I was beside myself when I looked up and I saw the damn Patriots and the Bills on the Jumbotron while we were playing. I, I, I'm telling you, if I would have had a drink, I would have threw it. I just, I, 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 it just blows my mind, man. It just absolutely blows my mind that the experience that they're trying to provide there. We're going to go to our next caller, and it's Lee in Los Angeles. Lee, this is Joe and Tyson. How you doing, man? Hey, guys. How's it going? I was doing pretty good. What's on your mind? Oh, man, a whole lot, a whole lot. Um, well, I'll just say I'm a first-time caller to begin with. And uh, I really love what you guys are doing. I've been listening for about a year. And uh, I think you guys really have good chemistry. I love the uh, the emotion that's put into it. Uh, frankly, it's kind of the high, highlight of my week, especially after a loss. Because I get to uh, <laughs> share my pain with others. We appreciate that, man. <laughs> so, what are your thoughts yeah, on Todd I mean, Yes, uh, I know I, I missed the first couple minutes of the show, so I don't want to reiterate stuff that you guys already said, but yeah, I think I, my, I definitely want to pick on bowls a little bit. I think the whole, the, the low hanging fruit right now is, uh, is Fitzpatrick and maybe the secondary and that's understandable. Yeah. I mean, Fitzpatrick's throwing a lot of picks and stuff like that, but, and it it is really painful to watch, especially I I hear Joe's voice in my head. Like when I'm watching the game and I see him throwing his (laughs) back shoulder fade and under throwing, I mean, I'm just like, <laughs> and it's it's annoying, especially when, like, they do that, you know, when he did that fade route twice in a row with Sherman. Yep. It's like, it's it's just, it's nauseating. But all this being said, I feel like Fitzpatrick is not, he, we know who he is. We know he, he's, you know, he's a journeyman quarterback. He provides leadership. I do feel in a good system, he could be an efficient quarterback, and he could Whoa. get us to the playoffs and so on and so wait, forth. Wait, wait. I don't no, know. No. Look, I want to I wanna thank <laughs> you for calling in, and I hear you. But in a good system, this is the system that he's – this is this is the best system he's been in. This is the system where mm-hmm. he put up numbers. I mean, let, look, look, I, I'm not going to sit here and allow people to not call this. He is not playing well, okay? And we've talked about this a thousand times. This guy's a weak-armed quarterback finally has headed back teams that have solid defensive teams and personnel to execute that team, and they're exposing him for what he is. He's putting the ball in places that it doesn't belong, and when he's not erratic and, and, and not having this bad ball placement, he's turning the ball over and throwing successes. Those are things he can't do. He is surrounded by weapons. There's no lack of weapons on this team. All those excuses kind of go out the door with him. I, I just I, I just not want to hear people defend Ryan Fitzpatrick. Say he can take us okay. to the playoffs. 
because last year he had a great year statistically. Everyone was hyped about it, and we still didn't make the playoffs because he imploded against the Bills. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I, I, yeah, no, I totally understand. I'm not defending him per se. I'm more just saying that everyone's kind of picking on him and throwing him under the bus for the reason, you know, for all the Jets uh, woes recently. And I think it's, for me, like, Taking a step back, I saw this uh, article. I, I don't know if you guys have talked about it yet, but on Todd Bowles, like the you know the problems with the Todd, Todd Bowl era so far, and it got me thinking. It was like, I think that's, and I don't want to. <laughs> I like Bowles. I think he's got a good demeanor. I think he's you know has a lot of experience in the NFL as an assistant coach. He's a good character guy. Um, seemingly, he has he knows the X's and O's as well. But I, I really kind of pin the problems on him to, to start. I, I just feel like yeah. there's a lot of – we're being outcoached. I think that's the bottom line. Like I feel – Absolutely. I feel like the talent is there. I feel – and my point with Fitzpatrick is I, you know, I think he's good enough to hold the fort down as a quarterback. Um, I don't know if he could get us to the Super Bowl and all that stuff. But well, well, time anyways, out, time yeah. out, time well, out. Time I, I, wait, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Wait, hold on. It's good enough <laughs> to hold the fort down. What, what, uh, <laughs> after four games, wait, after four games, what four is he holding down other than the Titanic? What is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, playoffs? Well, don't talk about playoffs. playoffs. Are you kidding me? Playoffs? <laughs> yes, I deserve that. I deserve that. I guess. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I guess I. I, I just he has a, a veteran presence. Look, he's messing up. So, I can't defend him. Listen, Lee, he, listen, listen, Lee, listen, man. Listen, I, I know this is your first time calling in, and I was trying so hard to not be mean to you. Every ounce of his veteran presence, his leadership, all that, where is that in the fourth quarter when he's throwing picks? With the game on the line, where is all these feel-good stories about Ryan Fitzpatrick? You know what that did? That, that sold him a $12 million contract. That's what it did. And since then, exactly. he laid one big fat egg after another. This, this chemistry and leadership thing is blown right out the door. That is gone. Because now this team has their backs against the wall. And what is your level of confidence of this bearded bozo going against the Pittsburgh Steelers? Oh, not very much. Not very much. I mean, and that's the thing is like, especially when it comes into, you know, it's a close game and fourth quarter at this point, I'm like, if we have to, if it's a comeback drive, I've already written it off and I'm a positive, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a positive jet fan, but I've already written it off as an interception. Believe me, I'm with you. I'm frustrated. It's just, 
I feel that the, the, the bigger issue is the, is the game plan right now. And I feel like the, as, as a whole, there's just not a real sense of identity right now. And the game plan, see, I'm the, sorry. I got I to gotta, I gotta <laughs> ask you a question. Dude. No, give it to me. Give it to me. Listen, I'm, I'm so <laughs> tired. I'm so damn tired of the excuses for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now it's the game yep. plan. So is the game plan go under center, stare at your receiver, wait till your receiver goes, and throw the ball at the same guy you've been staring at for the last three minutes? Is that your game plan? Or is if the guy is there and you see safety coverage or coverage rolling, you look off and throw the ball somewhere else? Or you kind of look off. Joe, the game plan, the game plan can't be that. At some point, as a fan base, whether you like it or not, you've got to hold your quarterback accountable. Stop yeah. making excuses for this guy. Stop it. But what, are you saying that it's more Fitz, it's more Fitzpatrick's fault than than the coaches? Because I, I think absolutely you can you can absolutely. There's no. Gotcha. I'm sorry. There is no way that the game plan is stare at Richard Sherman and throw at him twice. There's no way that the game plan is throw the ball behind the guy so he has to stop what he's doing on his wide open route and come back to the ball and make a catch. There's no way that the game plan is throw into triple coverage where no one is. <laughs> There's no uh-huh. way that that's the game plan. Because if that's the game plan, then we need to fire who's ever making that game plan because that's going to lose you games. It's time to start holding Ryan Fitzpatrick accountable. That's what it's time to start doing around here. Stop making excuses for this guy, okay? You said you heard my voice when he throws an interception. Let me tell you again. <laughs> I warned you all. Next time you hear inter- I you did. warned you, you all. This is who he is, and I told you that. Go back and watch the tape from last year. If that's the game plan now, then it must have been the game plan last year because he threw a lot of balls that were interceptable then too, but they didn't catch them. That is not the game plan, Lee. That is Ryan Fitzpatrick. That is Ryan Fitzpatrick being inaccurate. That is Ryan Fitzpatrick being erratic. That is Ryan Fitzpatrick, point blank, period. Yeah, now I hear you. You're on point, and, I, and going back to the preseason where you, Joe, were saying that you thought that Geno – they're going to give the job to Geno and that they weren't going to sign Fitzpatrick. I was on the Geno, I wouldn't say I was on the Geno bandwagon, but I was hoping for that to happen. I don't think he was worth bringing the money. And it it tells you a lot that they weren't offering up that much money to begin with to get him back. It says a lot, especially the quarterback position. So I completely hear you guys. I just think that there's, I'm not making excuses. I just think there's, there's just a lot of issues right now. And I think the defense that's supposed to be a shutdown defense, like, no, they're big, they're giving up big plays, and that that goes into coaching as well. So it's not just Fitzpatrick, but yeah, I'm certainly not excusing his performances. And so you guys, you guys are making good points, and I under you know, I just want to make clear that I'm not disagreeing with that. It just well, the, we, the we, apo- we apologize, is, we we apologize for attacking you, but we I am just tired of the Fitzpatrick excuses. His, his little fan base that have all gone into hiding now after if they're boasting after one week against Buffalo, they're all hiding now. I'm tired of reading all these excuses. I'm tired of it. At some point, a bad quarterback's a bad quarterback. I don't care if he's a beard, a smile, if he's best friends with the coach, he's a bad quarterback. So thanks for calling in, man. Yeah. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. No, I uh, I enjoy the fire, so I uh, I uh, love going back and forth. So don't, no need to be sensitive. This is a tough time right now to be a, a fan <laughs> of the, ga- the gangrene. So thanks for your time. It's not easy. <laughs> Have a Thank good night, you. man. And that's the thing, dude. It's like, listen, accountability. That's the one thing Todd Bowles has always preached about. And 
And, and yeah. the other thing too is, you know, we're not just picking on him. If you go on social media now, every almost every analyst is breaking down film, and all you see is Fitzpatrick staring at one guy and other guys wide open. Yeah. It, it, this is yeah. this is common sense football. This is we're not yeah. trying to recreate an offense here. And the other thing, Joe, is this: look at Dak Prescott. Look at these other Jimmy Garoppolo. Look at all these quarterbacks. How can they go Excellent. games without interceptions? And we have free for alls. It's like a frenzy. It's like he almost gets to a point where he has to throw and just need his quota. He has like a two yeah. interception quota each week. It seems like at this point. It's a, <laughs> God, it's, uh, just we're gonna go to our next caller. I just a good friend, Chris. Chris, this is Joe Tyson. How you doing, man? I've certainly been better than what uh, we had to go through this week. And to be honest, um, I'm unfortunately, and I know everybody is, especially you guys, we're all uh, unfortunately used to this feeling of just complete depression and anger and anxiety, just all of it. I'm just so, I'm so sick of it, guys. I'm just so sick of it. See, the thing is, it's like if they were playing hard-fought games where it's like you're fighting tooth and nail and you lose on a last-second field goal or – it's just like you lost to a better team, but you played your best game. I don't mind that. It's like, all right, listen, we're making yeah. progress. We're well-coached. We're physical. We're smart. They're just better. We're self-destructing yeah. from the top to the bottom. Like, we're just beating yep. ourselves, and teams are laughing at us at this point. Oh, yeah, no no doubt. And kind of what you guys have alluded to and the last caller alluded to is you, you just know how these drives are going to end. The, the first half, Fitz goes 14 of 20. You know, he looks sharp. He obviously he wasn't great, but he was doing his job out there. And I didn't go into that second half thinking, hey, oh my God, we're gonna we're gonna win this game. You know, we're playing great. We're gonna go out there. We're gonna get it done. And that is a it goes to the confidence of what you have in the quarterback and what you have in the defense too. Who, uh, you know, the group as a whole has just been overall terrible. Uh, the yeah. secondary can't stop a nosebleed like uh, Bart Scott has said before. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's just – it's the same mistakes every single week. It's the same mistakes. Teams are taking advantage of, of quick slants and wide receiver screens, and they're broken yeah. down plays. Both of the safeties have been terrible. Um, I mean, I, I don't even know if there was a good defensive player on the field on, on Sunday. You know, Darren Lee, I saw it kind of – you know, he played well. He at least competed – at points, yeah. and he's going to make mistakes because he's a rookie. But, but other than that, I mean, it is just remarkable that this team for four weeks now, for a whole month, has made the same mistakes every single game. There are no adjustments. It's just it, – it's, it's pathetic. I mean, this is worst-case yeah. scenario what we're watching. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to thank you for calling in. And, and like you said, you know, going into the half, he, he was 14 to 20. Coming out, let me tell you, when he threw that first interception after the half – the air just came out of the building because we knew that more was coming. There was literally a guy behind me that was like, he's about to start throwing him. And right after that, he just started hurling. It was, it was, it was crazy to watch at live. I mean, it, it, it's just mind-boggling. But I want to talk about this defense because you touched on something. Mm-hmm. The secondary is getting beat. Are you surprised that this defensive line, with all the stars that we have on it, is not getting more of a consistent pass rush? You know, I am, and I'm. I'm not. Um, to be to be completely honest, I thought even the defensive line last year was a little more hyped up than than what it should have been. I'm, they're certainly talented players, um, but it's it's pretty easy to negate a really good defensive line with with the way the Jets don't adjust to anything because we're seeing a lot of teams. You know, they're just taking advantage of underneath routes. They're getting the ball out of their hands quickly, mm-hmm. and 
it's really tough for a defensive line to, to go after a quarterback like that. Now, certainly, I don't think that they're playing well. That's, that's not to defend them because there are times where quarterbacks do have all day. Um, but this group isn't, isn't the best group in the NFL. Um, it, it's, it's just really frustrating. I don't, I don't know, you know exactly how to, how to put it. Uh, I guess in a 3-4 system, your defensive line is only going to do so much getting to the quarterback. I mean, it's been about 70 years since the Jets have had an outside linebacker who can you know, consistently get to the quarterback. They certainly don't have one yet on this group. Molden, like you guys talked about, has been a huge disappointment. Um, and that's where a lot of the pass rush has to come from in this 3-4 system. They don't really have it. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm frustrated by it, and I think teams are taking advantage of quick passes, and then the Jets aren't adjusting to anything, which is, to me, the worst part about it. I think that's where teams are making their most money. They're, they're taking advantage yeah. of our lack of adjustment. They're just outcoaching yep. us from top to bottom, outcoaching us. And I, I question effort from time to time, too. I just – the, the team either starts slow or they come out of half slow, and it's just inexcusable. What is your what is your level of confidence going into Pittsburgh and beating the Steelers? <laughs> uh, probably like a, a negative eleven. I think we're going to get curb stomped in Pittsburgh. I really do. Like like you guys talked about, uh, the defensive line doesn't get consistent pressure. Um, I think Antonio Brown could have like a fifteen catch type of day where he's just going to continue running underneath and that's probably the best wide receiver with running after the catch in the entire entire NFL um I don't I I mean I don't see what there's been there to to prove that the Jets are going to stop that at all they've got some big play guys that can break the game open both of the Jets' safeties have been absolutely terrible and on the offensive side of the football I mean this this should be it for Fitz I I don't think it's going to be because I think the Jets are, are a little stubborn and you know, they really want to believe in this guy. But this is it, man. I mean, 10 interceptions in two games, that's horrid. I mean, there, Case Keenum can protect the football for the St. Louis Rams with nobody on there. And, and we've got Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he's just throwing jump balls against Richard Sherman. It's just, what, what are these guys absolutely doing? And if I, I'd like to say, too, guys, um, the, the Jets, I, I think I saw someone, it might have even been one of you two post this on Twitter during the game, the Jets are running Forte like they've got Chris Ivory out there, just <laughs> yep. in between the tackles, yep. every single down. And you don't have Chris Ivory out there. You have Matt Forte. You've got to get creative with him. You've got to go off tackle. You've got to find different ways to get him the football. And even if it's not working, then maybe you throw in a little Bilal Powell, who had a pretty decent game on Sunday. There's just no creativity. There's no adjustments. Pittsburgh is going to be in a complete ass-kicking. I mean, we just saw them undress Kansas City on national TV, and they're going to do the exact same thing to us. We're not slowing them down. Chris, good stuff, man. Thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> and it is – and, again, let me just repeat this, just in case anybody's wondering what our predictions are going to be. The Pittsburgh Steelers at home, faster, more physical, better coached. <laughs> This is the exact type of team that every year blows our doors off. So I yeah. would be just – this is – it's just – and the other thing is, too, I noticed last week. <laughs> Joe, how, how does a three-man front get pressure on a quarterback? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I just – the way that this line played was just absolutely atrocious. 
just absolutely atrocious. And the holding calls, I mean, the holding uh, calls just left and right. It just, man, oh my god, it's just absolutely ridiculous to watch. Ridiculous to watch them try to get guys blocked. How do you let a three man front get pressure? That just doesn't make yeah. sense. <laughs> And the other thing, too, is just a couple things. You know, listen, I'm not opposed to give, trying out Carlos Williams. I'm not sure as, as of now if he's signed anywhere. Him, Justin we, Forsett, I'm not opposed to signing yeah. somebody, dude. I'm not opposed to we, we should. You got it. He, Chris was right, dude. They're running Forte like he is Chris. Yeah. They're just smashing yeah. him. Dude, it's like, listen, I get it. Those three yards you're getting, so great. Now we're hooking in seven, third and seven. What is, you're putting us in passing situations that we can't handle. It's just, yes. I oh, and, and then and, and, okay, and, and that, I'm sorry, and that goes into knowing your personnel because we talked about yep. this in the off season when it was when Kyrie Robinson was here it was Matt Forte, Bilal Powell, and Kyrie Robinson, and when Kyrie Robinson broke his leg, I remember coming on and saying, well, who's going to be our back that's really going to pound people? Because that's what Chris Ivory used to do. He would hit you. He was our, our most physical back. He would run you over, and then you'd have to just deal with it. And you would take that physical pounding all day, and then Powell would come in and get these little, you know, little out routes, or he would be able to just outrun people because they were so physically beat up from dealing with Chris Ivory. And, and you look at Matt Forte, that's not the type of back he is. Like, like Chris, nope. you keep shoving this guy up the middle like he's some type of, some type of fullback. Get him outside. Have him catch some routes, some wheel routes coming out the backfield. Like, what are you guys doing? It's just, it's ridiculous. They're not managing the personnel in this roster correctly either. We're going to go to our next caller, and it's Jesse from Vermont. Jesse, this is Joe and Tyson. What's up, man? Oh, not much. It was a horrible weekend for sure. <laughs> what what is what was, is your take on this? What is your take on this defense, man? Like we'll go on, we'll go into fits, but this defense to me is just mind-boggling how poor they play on, on a weekly basis. Yep. Uh, honestly, I was I was just absolutely shocked at how bad Revis and Pryor played. Like. Uh, yeah, like, man. I, I, I mean, can't it's, believe it's, how... it's the safety. The safety play has been terrible. I mean, there's no. Listen, we're prior fans, but this is supposed to be his breakout year, and he's getting dusted up and down the field. Gilchrist has just vanished. I don't know where he went. I don't know what happened to his leadership and communication because they're they're just a mess back there. So, I mean, I saw that you wanted to call about Fitz. What is your take on our uh, our statistically worst quarterback in the NFL? Um, let's put it this way, like. He's made it where I don't even. I'm not even gonna watch the game on Sunday. <laughs> like, like I'm not gonna wa- watch our team play as trash as we played the last two games. <laughs> that, Do you have a prediction for Sunday? So <laughs> oh, uh, about thirty-six to three, probably. Oh, uh, like I'm sorry, but Antonio Brown's gonna tear tear our defense up. I'm sorry to be the bad guy, but it's it's true. Dude, you're not you're not a bad guy. You you have an army with you because we all agree with you. There is just I don't care what paper tells you. There is no way we can cover their speed. And Mike Tomlin will completely outcoach every facet of our team. I I think it's going to be an absolute ass kicking on both sides of the ball to the point we're all just just laughing in the fourth quarter. It's going to be embarrassing. Yeah, at this point, I and I spoke with Joe earlier in the week on the Facebook page. 
I oh, said yeah. to him, I was like, we we need to we need to bring in Gino. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, he can't do much worse than what Fitzpatrick has. That's why I'm just like, see if the see if we can give this kid one more shot before he becomes a free agent. Dude, like Jesse, man, thanks for calling, and we appreciate it. Hey, thank you for having me on. No problem. Joe, you know what the funny thing is? It's just with, with the Fitzpatrick doldrums that we're dealing with, and I think it's just only a matter of time before he gets benched. It's just a matter of time before Todd Bowles grows yeah. some balls and actually benches this guy. The thing is, the fan base wants to play Teddy. Yeah, the same thing oh. that's been hurt and is not even practicing. And I think it's so funny. I think there's a portion of this fan base, and we know who they are, I think they're scared of Geno. They're not yeah. scared about how bad he'll play. They're not scared about that, Joe. They're scared about how good he can play. Because guess what? Yeah. If he plays well, if he plays well, we may have to keep him. Oh no! Boo, boo, dude! <laughs> isn't isn't the goal to find a quarterback? Isn't that your goal? If your starter completely craps the bed and is no longer valuable to you, you go to the next guy with hopes that he plays well. So wouldn't exactly. you be hoping that Gino gives you a spark? Wouldn't that be your mindset? Exactly. You would think that would be your mindset if you were a Jets fan. But as I said, there's a lot of people that seem to be invested in this war of either your team fits or your team Gino. And, and it, it's mind-boggling. It's completely idiotic. For people to be talking about, well, let's get Bryce out there. Let's start him. Like you said, this, I love Bryce. He's been injured. He hasn't been practicing. He's, he's going to go out there and do what? Look bad? What is the reason why we kept four quarterbacks on this roster? Why do we keep Geno here if we're not going to actually give him the start when Fitz looks terrible? It's about time. Fitz is out there looking bad. I really honestly predict if Fitz comes out and looks as terrible against the Steelers that he's been looking pretty much damn near all this season, you give Geno the go, and we'll probably move forward with Geno as well. Well, that's the thing, dude. If once you get to the point where you bench Fitzpatrick, you don't look bad. You move on. Exactly. I don't don't bench you don't bench him at halftime at Pittsburgh and say, you know, Pitch is our starter. No, he's not. He lost that right. He had his mm-hmm. chance. He burned that chance. He's done. Because at one and four, your season is a mess. So see what you have. And before you bring in Teddy, see what you have in Geno. It just yeah. makes sense. This isn't being a Geno fan, it's being a football fan with common sense. So put away your hatred and your ignorance and understand what you're doing here. Um, exactly, gonna, and you know what? Hold on, you know what's crazy about this whole thing too is that last year we had the same conversation about benching Fitz last year too. The same yep. stuff. He was coming in, he threw a bunch of interceptions, and we were like, "We got to sit this guy down." It, it, it's crazy how he looks now. He did the same stuff last year. We're gonna go to our next caller. This one, this, this guy would change the mood for us. He'll brighten our spirits a little bit. It's our good friend Steve. Steve, this is Joe and Tyson. What's up, man? <laughs> What's up, guys? How you doing? Well, we're one and three, man. We're not doing too well. Yeah, I know. No, unfortunately, you know, watching that game on Sunday against Seattle, I mean, I knew going into that game it was going to be a tough game. But now, you know, now, you know, it, it, it has to go to the next week now. I mean, unfortunately, we're going to a place. I mean, I, I, called, this, I called this place, and, I mean, it has been – a nightmare house for the Jets because, you know, Heinz Field in the past, you know, has been a nightmarish place for the Jets to play in. I mean, because – and what's even worse is I'm going up against a family member this weekend, my little brother, who's a big Steelers fan, 
that that college in Lehigh University right now is going to be watching this game, and I know that this week he's going to be trashing my ass this week. So with that being said, I'm going to open up with him. <laughs> I want to say you for calling in, Steve. What are the main concerns going into the into the Steelers game? That's what I want to talk about with you, man. Is this secondary and the way they're performing? What are your thoughts about the way that the secondary has performed, and mainly Calvin Pryor? What are your thoughts about that? Well, now you know something. And here's the thing: if I was Casey Rogers, I would have a meeting with this defense and talk about how so badly we're playing right now with this whole secondary. I mean, I watched on that Sunday night game a little bit how Antonio Brown and Sammy Coates, who's another yeah. receiver you have to watch out for, like, like freaking Big Ben had the ball, and the Steelers had the ball on their own two-yard line, and Big Ben throws the ball down the field right at midfield. He gets the ball right at midfield. The thing is about the Steelers' offenses is that they are scary. Look, they are mm-hmm. a scary offensive team. And the thing is, if our defense continues to play like this, this, then we're pretty much going to get creamed out in Pittsburgh. I even told one of my coworkers at my job, who's a big Steelers fan, I told him that you guys are going to kick our ass this week. And he said, well, you know what, Steve? I wouldn't doubt the Jets because I know in the past the Jets have played tough games against us, so I wouldn't really doubt that. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I, I hear you, Steve. But and on the flip side, offensively, you know, Fitz is going to come out there. We're all expecting him to throw interceptions. Is this the week where 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 our coach, our head coach, Todd Bowles, sits down and says, "All right, it's enough. I'm benching Fitz, and it, we're we're going forward with Geno." Is this the week that you'll see Geno play in this game as the starting quarterback? You know, probably after the half, if Fitz has a bad half of football. I mean, we just have to see. You know. I mean, going into this, going into this game, I'm gonna be a nervous wreck in this game because, you know, I, I, I just, I'm just gonna, I'm just probably not gonna be looking forward to this at all. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be scared and I'm gonna be nervous. I mean, because the thing is, I mean, I've always supported this, but I really, really can't support him now because of, of just how the way he's been playing. Yeah, it's just – it's hard to, man, because you just know what the environment you're going into, a hostile crowd, an aggressive defense, a physical defense. It just – you can just see the interceptions just piling up. I just uh, – what uh, – do you have a trivia question for us, Steve? Okay, well, here – all right, yeah, it's a quick one. Um, it was actually in 2010 when the Jets went into Heinz Field for a game against Pittsburgh – and it was the very, very, very first time in our franchise history that we actually have beaten the Steelers in Heinz Field. But that's another thing. The Jets have only beaten the Steelers once in Heinz Field. The other times that we've beaten the Steelers in the past has always been either at MetLife or at the old Giants Stadium. But do you guys remember what was the final score of that game? Uh, it was like you- yeah, Joe. I I I want to. I think I remember this game. I want to say it was twenty-one to sixteen. Twenty-one to sixteen. I'll go with that. Okay. Yeah, I think it was like, yeah, it was something like I think it was like twenty-one seventeen, something like that. I think it was something in that ballpark. All right, I'm going to tell you guys something. You both were very very close. Now, Tyson, you had one of the right numbers. And the right number was 17. The correct answer was 22 to 17. In that game, oh. back then, 
it was in it was about two and a half minutes left in the game when we pinned Pittsburgh down at the end of the goal line and Jason um, Taylor played Jason Taylor came in and no. I was actually at that game in the snow at Heinz Field with a bunch of other Steeler fans, and then I had this one Steeler fan that dressed up in shorts, and after the game, I told him, you know, it was a good game. I wanted to shake hands with him, and then he said, just shut the F up. <laughs> Class, classy right, Steeler listen, fan. Guys, we'll see what happens this week. Hopefully next week we won't kill each other. Maybe we'll get the W. I'm not so sure. We'll see. Have a good night, man. Thanks for calling in. Dude, it's funny. Like the Steelers fans, man, they they're just. Uh, I've been there a couple times. I was there for a championship game. I was there for a different game, and those fans are just they're brutal, man. They it's just it's not a fun experience. And credit yeah. to NHF fan going out there this week. If you're going out there this week with a one and three team and Fitzpatrick playing this way, God bless you. I I hope you have a great trip and they win. But boy, that that crowd is just they're awful, dude. We're going to go uh, – we have a very special caller calling, and this guy is a legend. It's our good friend Randy. Randy, it's Joe Tyson. What's up, man? How are you gentlemen tonight? Well, I'm doing okay, but Long Beach Joe took the trek to MetLife Stadium, and he's completely miserable. Well, we had the uh, the chance to chat a little bit after the game, but at this point I don't know what's more pain, painful – Watching Hillary versus Trump or the New York Jets? Flip the coin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so my I'm, eyes bleed watching these guys. Um, there's not enough time to comment on everything, but going back to the um, the stadium, which you alluded to a little bit earlier, um, Woody is so insulated. I got to believe he does not have a clue in terms yeah. of what the fan base is really dealing with at this point, or the true fan base, let's say. Um, you know, it's sad when the 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 highlight of the game is your tailgate. <laughs> Not that it shouldn't be, but you, you know what I mean. Um, there's no atmosphere in the stadium. There's too many rent-a-seats in the stadium. You yeah. know, obviously the adage is if you win, people will come. Well, you know, our home field record, you know, I should have looked it up, but I didn't bother. has to be horrible over the last six, seven years since we've been there. Yeah. Um, they do nothing, as you said, on the screens to motivate. I would pay Fireman Ed to come back and get the stadium going again. They do nothing to generate the extra man or whatever you want to call it in the stadium, and it's been that way yeah. for a very long time. The yeah. loudest game in recent history was at the old Meadowlands when Rex first came in, we played the pass. Yeah. You couldn't hear from yep. Yep. after that game. This one is like, bring out the quiche and we'll clap a little bit and, you know, go. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From there. So it's, it's a very mild crowd compared to what it should be. And, yes, a lot of the real fans can't go because they can't afford to go. Yeah. PSL's yeah. screwed everybody, no doubt. Um, in respect to the team, you know, I was all in favor of bringing Bowles in. I was all all in favor of bringing, you know, the GM in. We got two Jersey guys. Figured they they knew the deal in terms of how we are and what we're about. Um, I'm not really ready to kill McCacken yet. Um, Bowles needs to step it up. But I think at the end of the season, I would get rid of Chan Gailey. He's too old. Put him back in the uh, pasture. Bring a younger guy in here and re- re-energize this offense because they're going nowhere. Um, Pal, to me, for the most part, is a forgotten player. Um, yep. It's like they bring him in when they have to, not because they want to, and I don't quite get it. You re-sign a guy. He's been a solid player over the history that he's been here. Utilize him more. I love Diabry. I hated to see him go, and, again, you brought that up before. We don't have a bowling ball to go through the through the line, and not, yep. not that Forte is not a good player, but you're going to burn that guy out if you continue to overplay him like they have since the start of the season. You know, throw yep. short outs to him coming out of the, out of the field. Um, a tight end has been an ongoing issue for how many years now? Have we ever replaced Vernon Goldston? You know, uh, and on and on and on. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah, we're... There's been too many holes that they have not addressed, and they continue to, to bypass those things. And, uh, you know, I drank the Kool-Aid a little bit. I thought our defense was going to be a lot better than what it's been. Rebus has taken a serious nosedive, and now we're committed to a boatload of money. And, you know, with Sean Gilbert as his agent and his uncle, there's no way that they're going to restructure any contracts for this dude. And if we fire him, we're still going to eat that money. Um, yeah, Randy. I, you know. Randy, I, I definitely hear you, man. And we talked. You know, we sat down and we talked during the tailgate, man. And it's always a blast to meet you, man. And I, you know, I agree with everything that you're saying, especially on the secondary and their performance, man. But I want to talk to you about Fitz in this situation. If Fitz comes out and looks terrible during this it's game against the Steelers, don't you believe it's time to bench him and start Geno Smith? I agree. It, it, we have to make a change, and it's funny. Um, I don't talk a lot of Jets stuff on Twitter because I don't want to get in arguments with people, but it was interesting. Uh, Victor Green came out yesterday and said that a quarterback change needs to take place, and I retweeted it, and he responded back to me afterwards on it. But, you know, you got a, a solid veteran that's coming out and, you know, is looking at it from his perspective and obviously feels that some type of change needs to be done because we're going to get – thrown to the wolves on Sunday. There's, it's going to be a bloodbath. Well, see, Randy, it's not, but Randy, it's not even Victor, it's just Victor Green. It's Ladanian Collinson, it's oh, Damian Woody, yeah. it's Marcus Coleman. I mean, there's a long line of former players saying they should bench him. It, it's incredible. And, um, you know, I had mixed feelings about Fitzpatrick coming back. I, I kind of figured it was going to be a last-minute thing, which obviously it turned out to be. Um, I really, really liked Petty's performance over the preseason. It's a shame he got that shoulder hit. Um, mm-hmm. 
I would love to see have seen him in there. I don't know if Hackenberg is really ready to make that transition in, even though other quarterbacks have to date. You know, especially Wentz, he's played phenomenally. But um, a, a change has to be made across the board, and um, I I blame coaching to a large degree. At the end of the day, it's what the coaches do with the players during the week, and if they're not on them, then shame on them. If they're not making the needed corrections in the film room, shame on them. And if the players aren't playing the way they should be, then remove them and put somebody else in there. No, I agree. Randy, good stuff, man. Thanks for calling. We appreciate it. You're a legend. You're a, you're a Jets fan legend. Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> Checks in the mail. <laughs> Thanks for calling it, man. <laughs> and once again, I love when Randy calls in because, I mean, he's like, we go way back, and he just says it like yeah. it is. And you just – I actually sat next to him for the Bengals game, and it was like – you could just the pain and frustration in his face, and it's just like you just want to unleash on this team at times. It's just, it's crazy. So we're gonna to go to our our next caller. It's our good friend Justin, who always he's been on a roll with good calls lately. Justin, <laughs> Joe, and Tyson, what's up, man? Uh, what's up, guys? How are we doing tonight? Should we bench Fitzpatrick or what? Uh, can I ask you guys a question? Go ahead. Uh, who's number fourteen on our team? <laughs> Brian, Brian Fitzpatrick. Uh, who has thrown ten interceptions the past week? <laughs> hey, hold, hold on, hold on. Turn the music off. Ask the question. I'm going down with the ship. <laughs> I am going down in a boat. But Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> Go ahead. Who has been in the league for 11 years? Who has never made the playoffs? Answer the question. Same answer. It's the same answer. Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick. Let's get this straight first and for 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 all. Ryan Fitzpatrick. There was never Fitzmagic. Yeah. It never started. It was it was playing crappy teams, terrible performance after terrible performance. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a stat. Look up Ryan Fitzpatrick's first 27 games and get back to me. Guess what? They're very similar numbers to Geno Smith. So let's – it's time. It's been time. We had this conversation last year when Ryan Fitzpatrick was struggling – and we were just over, I think it was the Eagles game, the Raiders game. Basically, every game Fitzpatrick struggled, which was a lot of them last year. It's time. If Fitzpatrick struggles, one, two, it's time. Geno Smith should get a chance. It's time yeah, but... we see what Geno's got. Enough of Ryan Fitzpatrick because he's caused me nightmares since week Buffalo. <laughs> And, and what's even more sickening about this situation with Ryan Fitzpatrick is we got to pay the guy next year, which is even more it's, sickening because we may not be able to sign guys like Marcus Williams and who knows what. So it's very exactly. sickening because we know what this guy is. I've been saying it for months. He's been causing me freaking nonstop anxiety for months and possibly going to be two years, weeks after this. And who knows? I just, I think it's time for a change, and 
who knows? We need a spark, and I don't think the season's over right now, but I think we have to win one of two games for, to establish the season. This week, yeah, and I, and I hear you. And I, and, I, and I absolutely hear you there because, you know, it, it, one point that you hit on is the fact the cap implications of bringing him back, and that was one of my main points of why I didn't. Because like you said, we're going to be paying this guy next year whether he's on the roster or not, and that could stop us from re-signing some of the free agents we have coming up or taking money and addressing, you know, needs next season too. Other we're, needs. We're gonna be that's what I've been saying. Yeah, I, it, that's it, what it, I've been saying. It, I was against yeah, not it, signing it, this guy all along. We could have got an exactly. offensive lineman, as we were saying, or exactly. even a cornerback or whatever other position. But this is Ryan Fitztragic. This is that guy <laughs> in Dr. Patrick and these guys. Uh, I want to mention up a good point. With you guys too. You get have you guys noticed that Panda's not wearing his Fitz Magic jersey anymore? Oh, I wonder why 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 not? Because the guy finally you get that nothing. You lose. That Good has never day, made sir. the playoffs, and he is what he is, and that's what I've been yeah. saying all along. Ryan Fitzpatrick, it's not a secret. It's never been a secret, and no. the guy is not good. And Geno Smith, it's time. Enough is enough. Yeah. Bowles needs to get his, I'm sorry, head out of his ass and make a change before the season's over. Absolutely, and I'm right there with you. But I want to talk to you about this secondary, man. What are your thoughts on the way that they're performing during this season? I mean, because there's just some crazy stuff going on out there with them. I said it again. How many times times do I got to mention? The goddamn same things are happening over and over. Since any game next week, cover a freaking tight end. Not that hard. I mean, Jimmy Graham, I mean, how many times did he go to him? Cover a tight end? Short freaking routes again. The same with the Cincinnati game. How many times have you got to say the same thing over and over again? Bulls, what are you doing? I mean, if the guys are not good at something, don't put them in a bad position where they're going to fail. I mean, Calvin Pryor. What's your prediction prediction for the Steelers game? Oh, prediction? I mean – I don't know. All I got to say is it, I don't know with this team. But all I got to say is we have to win one or two. If we win one of these next two games, there's still a chance at playoffs. I honestly – Wait, 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 How is it one of these two games? First of all, Pittsburgh is an AFC team. It's a conference, it's a conference thing for tiebreakers. Yeah. Also, it could be a team yeah. you're competing against. So that's another issue there. So the, if you're saying that, yeah, I know. Games, I, I you said have it last week. The tie playoffs. Don't talk about playoffs. I said it last week. I said it last playoffs. week. I said it last week. But hello, we still got 12 games. There's a lot of seasons to be played. Let's not forget the Buffalo Bills were 0 and 2, and now they're 2 and 2. It's a week by week game in the NFL. People are saying the season's over. It's, no, it's not over. There's still we still have 12 games left. The season's week by week. You never know with this NFL. And the season's not over. There's still a lot of football to be played, even if this guy, Ryan Fitzpatrick, could set an NFL record for interception. <laughs> Good stuff, Justin. Good. Thanks for calling in, man. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Jack. Holy cow. This, our, our phone lines are just out of control, dude. I don't even know what uh... – I don't even know where to go with these calls right now. This is just insane. We need like another hour, I think, on this show. I don't even know what to do right now. We're gonna go to Mr. We're gonna go to Mr. Positive, Gangrene David. What's up, man? Tyson, Joe, how, how you guys doing? Well, Justin, Justin's trying to justify a playoff run. Um, is that mm. your take as well? 
You know, actually, I, I agree with Justin. You know, the season's week by week. There's still lots of season left. Like Todd Bull said, Come on, only man. The, there's, there's the, don't interrupt me with sound bites, but there's three quarters left of the season. Okay, Come the on, Jets man. are still turning around. <laughs> don't laugh at me. Yeah, dude. Okay, there's still no, lots right. of the there's season around, okay? I agree. There's plenty of time. So I'm not ready to give up on this team yet. I still have lots of faith that the Jets can go on the run that I can predict. So they're gonna they're gonna go what nine and three and make the playoffs? If that listen, they could. You never know. Okay, so right now, as you're sitting here on Tuesday night, you're gonna predict a Jets victory in Pittsburgh. Uh, I mean, this is a game I'm afraid of. I mean, I want to have a positive attitude and say that we could win this game. But like everybody but else said, you were, you, were, you were just confident three seconds ago, and I asked you if they're going to win this weekend, and you say you're not sure. If, they, if they're going to make a run for the playoffs, this is a must-win game. You can't lose conference games. <laughs> I understand where you're coming from, but listen, I mean, we don't have – this is – I mean, I can get if we can win this game. I mean, it could change everything, but um, uh, I, I, lost my, I lost my thought. Oh. So what, was your prediction, what is your prediction for Sunday? I don't have a prediction. I'm not jinxing the team. Do you think Fitzpatrick? Do, do you think Fitzpatrick plays the whole game? Well, at this point, this team is too dependent on him. So most likely. What is your level of confidence in Todd Bowles? All I'm saying is Todd Bowles, get your head out of your ass and grow some balls. Put Geno Smith in, if anything. I am tired of the excuses for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Okay, Geno Smith. He's worked out with the team the entire offseason, and then Ryan Fitzpatrick comes in, he takes his spot, and throws 10 interceptions. I don't want to see that anymore. I want Chino in, okay? If Chino Smith plays well, keep him in, okay? But I'm sick and tired of the excuses for Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm sick and tired of defending Ryan Fitzpatrick. Bowles needs to grow some balls. Fair enough. David, see, that was, that's, what, that's what you had to do, man. You had to keep some confidence, support your, support your opinion. That's fine. See, that was good. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Have a good night, man. He got all, Joe, I don't understand. Mind-boggling. I was just, if, if you're going to call in and talk about the season's not over, if the season's not over, you've got to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, I know well, the prime-time producer. See, the prime-time producer's already picked. He already predicted a Jets victory on Sunday. So, clearly, he started his tailgating way too early. He's already dropped on Tuesday. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, for, I mean, first off, it's crazy to hear Gangry David talk about getting sitting fifth down. He was one of the guys that was screaming for Fitz uh, to be resigned yep. and start. I'll just remind you of that. And the second thing is, I want this tweeted out with in a quote. I don't want to hear any more about us being a playoff team until we beat a playoff team. How about that? I don't want to hear anything else about us making the playoff until we beat a legit playoff contender. Because every playoff contender I'll- that we faced has beat us. I'll take it a step further. I don't want to talk playoffs. Can we actually get over 500? Please, let's try that. Exactly. Can we just get can we get over 500 before we talk more nonsense? Let's just try that game. Yeah. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? We're gonna go to now this guy. He may have an interesting take because he's he's you know Mr. Jets fan media. He you know friends with all the players and always Mr. Positive. And I'm curious to see what he, his take is now. So, Jay, what's up, man? 
What's up, guys? Long week, huh? This has been a fun week, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> God, you know what, Joe, man, you and Randy, I mean, I, I could not be more on the same page with you guys. And, you know, I feel so bad that you flew all the way in from California for that mess, man. Uh, but, um, yeah. Let me let me let me set my my uh, you know my my thoughts here, man. I just need a minute to get through all this because you know, look, we we've all been going to the games not Tyson. How long? When was when was the first kind of you know first year? Do you know? Remember that you started going to the games? Nineteen ninety five. Okay, I've been going to the games with my father since eighty eight. Since I was nine, you know, nine years old. That's when I started going to. You know, he had the season tickets before that, but I was you know we were. He thought my brother and I were too young to go before, you know, then finally when I was nine, he started taking me pretty much. So, you know, it's been a long time, man. You know, we, 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 I've had season tickets to my family, you know, since, you know, since Giant Stadium. My father was going to the games in Shea before that, um, but he was psyched once they moved to Giant Stadium and he, and, and he bought the family some tickets. And, you know, my stepfather, um, he came into the scene when I was 13. He had, you know, nine season tickets on the, on the 50 yard line in, in Giant Stadium and, you know, going to Jets games was probably, like, the most exciting, best times of my life as I was growing up with my family, you know. We, the people that, that sat around us, um, we all grew up together. It was the same people year in and year out. It was a family. It was, an, it was a family atmosphere in that stadium where, you know, the guys next to you, if they weren't standing up, you could look them in the face and you could say, stand your ass up. This is a big play. And they, and they would hear you and they would stand up, you know, and, and – Fireman Ed was rocking the crowd, and you know, look, say what you want about the spirals, but you know, those those were some good times too over there, you know, and and uh, you know, there were there was reasons to go to the game other than just to tailgate, you know, yeah. and and you know, if if you were a visiting fan, you know, you could get away with being a visiting fan in in Old Giant Stadium, but like, you know, if you were gonna stand up and you thought you were gonna make noise all game as a visiting fan you were not going to feel comfortable sitting in that section. I'm not going to say that there was anybody that was going to run up behind you and punch you or do anything crazy, you know, unless you were being really obnoxious, you know, and then that, that stuff happens from time to time. But you were not going to feel comfortable waving a 12th man flag all over the place in, in, in Giant Stadium, all right? The, the games were fun. They were fun for the fans, and they were made for the fans. And then at some point in time, this organization decided to take their loyal fans who have been there year in and year out with 40,000 person waiting lists of people to get into that stadium and buy season yep. tickets. And they were going to stick it to them by rewarding them for their loyalty throughout the years. Given we get barely ever get a home playoff game for, as, as a reward for paying for those season tickets. You know, Leon has never made us pay for, for preseason games. He, he, even up until like the late nineties tickets were like 25 bucks a piece, you know, or mid-90s, 25 bucks a piece for every seat in the house. They were the same price in the lower levels they were in the upper level. That man knew how to treat his fans. He didn't put a winner on the field consistently, but he put a good product and an entertaining product that you enjoyed going to the games. Going to the games nowadays is a joke, and I'm sick and tired of it, man. My family laid out $75,000 for five PSLs against our will. This was not something we wanted to do. We didn't, we didn't want a new stadium. We were perfectly happy with Giant Stadium. They took money out of, uh, we took money out of our pockets, my whole family, to, in order to continue. We want to know why? Not because we wanted to do it, because we're freaking addicts. We all are. You're an addict, Tyson. Joe, you're an addict, and I'm an addict. Oh, yeah. we, will, we don't care. We don't care 
about wins and losses. We go there because that's what our family does, because that's what we've done for our whole lives. And all we want is a fun atmosphere in that stadium, and it's dead. It's done. It's over, and it's never coming back. And the fact of the matter is people can either accept that now and move on, or they can just, you know, continue to, to, to be there. And you know what? Shamefully, I'm going to continue to be there. I'm going to keep going because we yeah. have PSL because that's what we always do. But I'm disgusted with the game day atmosphere. I'm sick and tired and of it. It's ridiculous, and right. dude. And, and, yeah, and, and yeah. you know, the thought of me canceling my season tickets has never crept up in my head, and it's, it's getting there. And that has nothing to do with wins and losses. This is not the worst Jets team we've ever seen, not by a long stretch. But yeah. – the, what they what they've done to that atmosphere in that stadium is mind boggling. I'm I'm disgusted with it and I'm sick and tired of it. That stadium is quite possibly the single worst stadium in professional sports. It's the worst and one I, I've been and to, I and I've been you. to a lot of them. Yeah, and I hear I hear you, Jay, and I'm right there with you, man. Like I, I shared some of the same sentiments. Just the atmosphere, the the playing of other teams on the jumbotron while we're on the field. There's just the the things that they're borrowing from other stadiums or other fan bases or other teams and trying to bring them here, not respecting our traditions are just absolutely ridiculous. Man, what are your thoughts on this game coming up against the Steelers? What's your prediction? Oh, man. Uh, you know, look, man, here, here's, here's my prediction. I'm the worst. <laughs> I've become the worst gambler in the history of professional football. Like, every pick that I, that I make, and I, I'm not I am not even betting anymore, but you know, like like I'm just saying, every pick that I've made, every time I call into the show and I make it, it, it I, I'm always wrong. And you know what? That's why bookies make money and gamblers lose it because there there is absolutely positively no way that you can predict anything that happens in the NFL right now. I think that we're going to get blown out. I think that like there's no chance of us winning this game, and that's probably why we're going to win because anytime you think that you're positive that something's going to happen in the NFL, the exact opposite happens. So I think we're going to lose and lose bad. I would never, ever bet on this game, though, ever. Never. No chance. Jay. Because the Jets will probably win. Thanks for, thanks for calling in, man. We appreciate it. <laughs> no problem, man. All right, we're going to do a couple quick rapid-fire uh, callers real quick just to get some quick predictions. We apologize to everybody we couldn't get on. Our, our phone lines are just, I don't know what we're going to do about this. Like, we just need another hour, I think. <laughs> so we're going, to go to, we're going to go to Jimmy in Texas. Jimmy, this is Joe and Tyson. What is your prediction for Sunday? Hey, how's it going, y'all? What's up, man? Um, so, I'm a longtime Jet fan, and my prediction for Sunday, I mean, it's going to be, we're going to lose, but earlier y'all were talking about um, what the situation with Fitzpatrick is going to be in the sense of when they're going to sit him and when they're going to not. My prediction mm-hmm. with him is he's going to play average through the first half, and Bowles isn't going to have enough ground to take him out. And then they're going to play him, and he's going to blow it in the fourth quarter like always. Yeah. Not that we'll be so in what's, the game. What's, what's your score prediction? I'll say, I don't know, maybe 35-14, 35-17. Oh. But I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just waiting until we get into the red zone and we take yeah. three field goals. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> well, Jimmy, thanks for calling in, man. We sorry we can't keep down water. We're just up against time, man. No problem. I appreciate it, you guys. Have a good night. All right, we're gonna keep going. Uh, let's see here. Oh boy, we do. We again. I apologize for we need to get on. We're gonna get on Kyle real quick. Kyle, 
What's up, man? Your prediction for Sunday? Uh, don't really like the score prediction, but I got the Steelers twenty-two to fifteen. Does Fitzpatrick oh. last the whole game? Um, hopefully not. And uh, Jay, I I know you guys got to go quick, but Jay, I hope you're still listening to this. I got an. E- you were talking about betting. I got an easy win for you, dude. Take the Steelers minus points. Easiest money of your life, bro. All right. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me on. <laughs> Thanks, Kyle. All right. We're going to go to our next caller. Let's just try to rapid fire here, Joe. Uh, yeah. Our good friend James. James, Joe, and Tyson, what's your prediction for Sunday? You know what? Fitzpatrick is going to give us a glimpse of hope, but when the game is. 21 to 10, you're going to know it's over. And I think ultimately it's going to be 34 to 17. Do you have any – oh, that's that's a – do you have any faith in Todd Bowles' coaching ability in this game against Tomlin? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Not – I mean, he hasn't shown adjustments at all. And the one thing is, is, you know, if we had something established, I'd have more faith. We have nothing established other than our punter. You know, he's playing really well. Other than that, we're not doing anything right right now, so – um, and, you know, it's rough times, but after we get this ass kicking out of the way, you know what, it'll be a whole new season for us, and hopefully Gino gets in there and we can see what he's about. And, you know, it's just the same old stuff, you know, with us. But, you know, and I want to, uh, you know, say hats off to you guys. You guys do a phenomenal job um, bringing awareness, bringing the organizations that you bring on. You know, you guys do a great job. That's what makes you guys such a great follow and a great listen. So I just wanted to tell you guys that. James, well, first of all, thank you for that, and thank you for calling, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. You guys have a good week. You too. All right, Joe, before we go into the preview, one more time, everybody, we have pinned on our Twitter account, we have um, a link to a site where a walk that I'm doing, you can donate there. You can follow Joe. You can donate when he walks, makingstrides.org. There's so many places you can go for breast cancer awareness. If you're not going to donate money, donate time. Just post a post on your social media anywhere, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, raise awareness and raise money. Joe, your prediction for this game, I don't even know what to say. Whatever you think, man. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think the Steelers are going to crush us. I'm predicting 30-3 to three Steelers. I'm going to predict 21-17, and the Steelers beat us on a pick six from Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's, it's a close game throughout. The Jets, the Jets actually play with heart. The Jets actually play with fire. Todd Bowles inspires his troops, and Fitzpatrick throws away with a pick six. So, Joe, this is your time to shine, my friends. Yes, absolutely. Listen, I am the man of the people. I am here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote our Facebook page. Everyone, go on Facebook. Search Long Beach Joe. Like that page. Our content's up there. Give it a listen, man. Message us. Go back and forth with us. We love talking about, you know, the team with people on there. You can also give us some feedback, too. Drop us some feedback. Let me know what you guys think about that. I'm also on Twitter as well, at YoungJ000. That's three zero, guys. Follow me, I'll follow you right back. You want to troll me? No problem. I'm all about the trolling, baby. I'll troll you right back, okay? I'm also on YouTube as well at YoungJ00. That's two zeros on YouTube, three on Twitter, okay? I do weekly pick'em, you know, throughout the NFL season. I'm going to have a video up there as well this week as well, talking about the Jets, talking about, you know, picking two other teams. So subscribe to our content there. Leave me a comment. Go back and forth with me on there. I love talking to people on there as well. And as always, guys, when I see you Show in me person, the money. okay? Show me the money. Show me the money. You a hater, but the hugs are still free, okay? You guys saw me at L7. 
I love every single one of you guys. It's free hugs for everyone, okay? Absolutely free. They will cost you nothing. Don't let this hater Tyson Roush even control your mind in that type of way. The hugs are always free. The love is always there. Thank you guys for listening. Without you guys, we are absolutely nothing. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to us. And as always, guys, help us fight breast cancer, man. Give us, some, give us a little cash or donate your time. Makingstrideswalk.org. We got it pinned on Twitter as well for Tyson's Walk. It's pinned on our Facebook as well. Go to our Facebook page. Donate whatever you can, man. If you can donate your time, do so. If you can donate some money, do so as well. There's clothing on there. Buy something, man. Get involved any way you can. Makingstrideswalk.org, guys. Get involved. Yeah, and just, you know, please do that. And, you know, we want to thank Amanda for calling in. We're on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn.com. We're pretty much everywhere. So we appreciate the follows, the listens, everything else. And we'll see what happens this Sunday. I think we need, Joe, we need a new sponsor, man. We got, we got to get a, we need a third hour edit of the show. We appreciate all the calls and completely apologize to whoever we need to on tonight. We just, our phone lines got blown up. So hopefully the Jets get a win, but uh, here's my thoughts. I'm going down with the ship. I am going down in a boat with Ryan Fitzpatrick.